Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My guest today is a man famous for being possibly the friendliest GP in the UK, as well as being the king of healthy snack reviews. Please welcome Dr. Mike Banner. Hello. Hello. That was an amazing intro. That like made me sound actually quite impressive. We well, are pretty impressive, especially the seven oh, out of seven reviews, you have to which I now that. use seven much. out of seven. I like to hear that as well. It's very, uh, it's, 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 um, it's such an excellent rating system, uh, which I have yeah. no, so, no so involvement you, in inventing, the way you described but it, it, it does me. work. Yeah, the way you yeah. described it to me, where it's, it, it takes away that, you know, six, seven and eight is just too <laughs> ambiguous. It's, yeah, exactly. So how are you? I am fine. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> All is good. Can't complain. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like we're in a bit of a weird world situation, aren't we at the moment? Yeah, and I kind of find that um, it, life is a bit up and down, isn't it? And I think yeah. that I think we're all experiencing that to a bit of a to a bit of a degree. And there have been times over the last few weeks when I felt really, really down, actually, and quite low. And there's been times when I felt completely euphoric and probably everything in between. So yeah, I guess, I guess the real answer is I don't know. I think it just varies from day to day at the moment. Yeah. Do you think connecting with people has been like quite a key thing? Obviously, we're living in terms of technology and FaceTime and video chats. Has, has that helped, do you think? Yeah, I think it has. I, th I think that there's, that there's a couple of different things going on because I think it's what's been really difficult for a lot of people is I think everyone sort of processed what's going on in slightly different ways and at slightly different speeds. So in some ways... I think connecting with people for a lot of people has been quite a challenging thing because sometimes, you know, it's really useful if you connect with people who feel the same way that you do about everything. But sometimes if you connect with people that, that don't, yeah. um, it can almost like make you feel even more sort of, sort of slightly isolated and alienated, I guess Definitely, as well. Yeah. Um, but I think also like, you know, we are really lucky that it's happened in a time when we can connect with people in a really effective way on our own terms we we're saying this to someone the other day like imagine if this had happened in 1996 yeah and we would have been on like 14.4 kilobytes per second dial-up that disconnects everyone's every time yeah. someone tries to ring your phone and 100 free messages yeah exactly well no they didn't even have text messages then that 96. was like in yeah yeah, yeah 96 yeah, yeah and then and like, yeah, it just is so, it's so strange to think like, actually, you know, in so many ways, we are really, really lucky that it's happening now. But, um, it, you know, I suppose in other ways, we've got so much more accustomed to having everything we want when we want it, that yeah. we've really struggled with other things like not being able to get toilet paper and stuff like that. And it's just correct. The toilet you know, it's, it's paper a, saga. Yeah. So this podcast is all about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Uh, take us right back to my uh, favorite topic. Yeah. What's Me. that? You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take us right back to the start when you were at school. Like, what kind of doctor were you like back then? Did you have any passions of being a doctor or was it different plans when you were younger? Well, I mean, so my dad was a doctor, my mum was a nurse, and my sister became a doctor as well, my older sister. So I had decided that I would I would be like the rebellious one and I wouldn't become a doctor and I would I would do something exciting like um work in a record shop. Like that was my actual dream was to <laughs> was to work in our price records, which like shows you how how bad I was at forward thinking at that time, because our price records actually collapsed before I even finished medical school. So <laughs> it's lucky I didn't lucky I didn't go down that that route. But actually like when I was in year 10 and we had to choose work experience, yeah. I applied to all of the different record shops and that's what I wanted to do. Um and I got given the hospital. So I basically got got put in in the outpatients department of the, of the hospital to do my work experience and actually I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to people yeah learning about their you know conditions and, and you know it wasn't there, there was not really anything medical involved I was sort of working in like the waiting area and and helping like guide patients and stuff like that but just having that sort of involvement kind of gave me a bit of an a bit of intrigue I suppose and then I did a bit more work experience because I thought well, you know am I just completely just dismissing a career based on the fact I don't want to do it because my dad did it yeah. 
And, and I kind of, I think it's one of those things that I always probably secretly knew that I would just end up doing it because I think I've always been quite a big fan of the path of least resistance. And although like, you know, you would think medical school is really hard, studying is really hard and training to be a doctor is really hard. But actually, if you've grown up as the son of a doctor, it's kind of all you know about. So actually yeah. it would have been much harder for me to kind of figure out what you do if you're a lawyer, for example, or figure yeah. out what you do if you, you know, if you go into these other careers. Um, and it would have been a much bigger risk. Whereas I just basically got myself on this conveyor belt and I haven't really had to, you know, apart from like, you know, like with coaching, with being a PT, for example, you know, you have to set up your own business. You have to market yourself. You have to compete with other PTs. You have to do all this stuff and you have to kind of engineer your career basically from the ground up. But if you do something like medicine, you basically, if you want to, can just go onto this conveyor belt where, all you have to do is work really hard. Everything else is sort of set up for you. So yeah. yeah, you have to study, you have to pass the exams, but if you pass the exams, you get a job. Like it's, it's not like you're, you're going to struggle to get a job when you, when you come out the other side, um, you know that you're going to be able to work enough hours, you know, you don't have to compete with your colleagues yeah. to, to get the patients. Um, so it's kind of like in many ways it is it was a bit of the past the path of least resistance but yeah it was something that i did you know i did this extra work experience in in a and e actually and i just like absolutely fell in love with with like the the kind of you know interacting with patients yeah. trying to figure out what's wrong with them and trying to learn about how to treat it and stuff like that and it was that was kind of the moment that i realized that it was what i wanted to do yeah um and that was kind of useful in a way because it meant that i wasn't I didn't feel like I was just doing it because my dad did it. Yeah. I felt like I was doing so it because I genuinely... Is your dad Dr. Mike the First? He's not, actually. He's not, <laughs> he, he's, he's not called Mike at all. Dr. <laughs> Mike the First, he was actually, a, um, I think, a cardiothoracic surgeon who was a good friend, or was or is a good friend of a, a singer who I absolutely love, who if you've ever watched any of my Insta stories, you will have heard her being tagged in them. Um, and... I used to go and see her play gigs while I was at medical school and yeah. I had my finals coming up and she was like, Oh, I remember her saying to me, it's destiny that you've got your finals coming up this year and you're going to become, you're going to become a doctor because my friend, Dr. Mike is actually moving to America. So you're obviously going to qualify, which will make you Dr. Mike the okay. second. And then I will be able to come to you with all of my medical concerns. And that's how it started. So like from, yeah. And from then on, she just, you know, every time I saw her or messaged her, she'd always say, you know, like, hello, Dr. Mike the second. And it wasn't like nobody, ever, nobody else ever called me it. Like it wasn't a nickname, but I just, I, I joined Twitter with my actual name. And one day, because I'm, um, you know, an egotistical user of social media, I decided to Google myself and see what came up. And it was like, the first thing was this tweet that I'd written about, about cake. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really embarrassing. And like, you know, if my patients Google me, or other people Google me, I don't really want them to like to, you know, to have that as the first thing that they see. I've no, you know, I've no problem with people seeing it or anything, but it just is a bit like, that's my first impression is me whinging about cake or the weather or something like that it's on Twitter. Really, it's not really changed, does it? You just not, you just no. cake. No, it's never changed. And it's pretty much all I talk about in real life anyway. So, but, but I kind of felt like, Oh, I just, I need a nickname for Twitter. I need yeah. something different. So I kind of thought, what can I use? And I was trying to think about it and I've never really had much of many nicknames apart from Banjo, which I didn't really think I wanted to have as my <laughs> Banjo. As my name. Yeah. Just as a like play on my surname. But um, So so back then were you were you a sporty like child as well, or was it just focused on academic study? So if you imagine the very opposite of a sporty child, like somebody who has no sporting skills whatsoever, very poor like hand-eye coordination, very poor general physical coordination um, or skills. Like, so anything practical, I was terrible at. Even, like, you know, technology and stuff like yeah. that would work. Absolutely terrible at anything practical. All I was able to do was science and academia, um, which worked really well for me because it was kind of in keeping with what I wanted to do. And also because academia was really important to my family, it was very easy for me to like to rebel when it came to sports and to, um, yeah. 
to those practical subjects because I knew I wouldn't actually get in trouble, but I would feel like I was, you know, a bit of a tough guy because I yeah. you know, didn't try very hard in PE. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting period of my life where I did very little physical activity and was kind of proud of it really. And, and, yeah. you know, and that's sort of something that I, I look back on and I, I really wish hadn't been the case because it did, you know, it did make my life a lot harder in some ways further down the line. Yeah. So when you um, became a GP, were you were you down in the same area as you are now, or were you located somewhere else, London or? The so old... I grew up in I grew up in Essex, um, and I trained in London, and then I qualified in London and worked sort of in London and also around London, like Watford and, and Luton and places, and then I moved down here to West Sussex to do my GP training. So I'd already been a doctor for two years, but to specialize in general practice, you have to do a further sort of three years of training on top of that. So, um, so yeah, I did that down here and then stayed here. Yeah. So what type of, what type of sort of influences did you follow back then? Was it academic, like academic ones or were you getting into sort of sports? Like who kind of influenced you and inspired you back then? Well, at school times, yeah, you mean yeah. sort of when I was yeah, yeah. um I mean I guess like when you're young when you're that age and this was obviously you know this was pre-social media so you know your influences are really just I guess your family like your elders from from yeah. those sorts of you know the people that your parents know um and the people that you see on tv so you know I, I suppose it, it just it wasn't quite the same as it is now where you can go, Oh, I'm interested in X. I'm going to, I'm going to be inspired by, yeah. by these people. Like, and I suppose that's why I, I kind of have such an appreciation for stuff like music and, and, you know, song lyrics and stuff like that, because really, you know, what I was into at that time was music. So the people that I was inspired by were kind of artistic, creative people, which is weird because I'm not in any way artistic or creative myself. So it's something I've always really looked up to, but never really, got involved in myself as it were so yeah I mean I never I was never because I was never into sports so I wasn't I never really not even sort of football players or anything like that I just was you know it was more you know people who were like rock stars and stuff yeah yeah so what point did you sort of your life change you start started getting into the fitness side of things you found that that was actually after I became a GP so I, you know, I'd, I'd sort of got to the point where I'd been just gradually putting on lots of weight um, and doing less and less activity because I was now working behind a desk. Whereas as a, yeah. you know, as a medical student and a junior doctor, I was, I was naturally quite active because of the nature of the job. Um, and obviously, like, you know, as you start to, to earn a salary and things like that, then you start to be able to afford to yeah. eat out more and, and things. So, you know, that, that was kind of the perfect storm of, of, of that sort of lifestyle, I guess, at that time. And then, um, interestingly, it was stuff like social media, like choosing to start following more yeah. you know, people who are into exercise and fitness that, that kind of got me yeah. more kind of clued up in sort of going down that road. And, and then, through that realizing like, how little I had known about all of those things. Yeah. That was kind of what then inspired me to, to try and get more involved in educating other people about it rather yeah. than just to, to learn about it for myself. Okay. So I think I remember the first time I, I saw you was possible. I think it was one of Jamie's, was he doing project gym? And you might've been on an episode of that, but I don't know if you were, if you knew each other then, or you were just, looking at the gym was that the first gym you kind of joined no actually so so um it was a much longer story than that actually like by the time I joined Grenade Fit I it was the was that it was the the fourth gym I had joined in fact um yeah so basically I started I joined the local tennis club and started just doing sort of bits like you know a bit of cross trainer and and treadmill and stuff and then a bit on some of the weights machines and then sort of graduated up to um to using a a personal trainer and then I joined a different gym with a bit more sort of stuff in it and then I joined um and then I actually sort of the my personal trainer who I'd been having coaching with they actually set up their own gym 
Yeah. So I joined that gym and it was only a, sort of about a month after that, that, that Jamie was opening this gym. And I had never heard of Jamie at this, oh, sorry, not, I'd not never heard of him. I'd never, I never had known him at this point. Yeah. Um, and I had not known that he was local, but, but ironically, the, one of the guys from Twitter who had helped me with my diet and stuff initially had actually served in the army with Jamie. So I, so I remember he had said, Oh, look at this guy oh, who, yeah. Yeah. who I was in the army with, like, look how well he's doing, et cetera. And I've been, you know, just in passing, just been like, oh, cool, yeah, seems yeah. like he's doing well. So I had known who he was, like, by name, but I'd never followed him or, or kind of followed his stuff and had no idea that he was local to me either. So then when someone tagged me in this post that he was opening a gym in my area, yeah. I kind of wrote on the post being, you know, it's, it's such a random area for somebody to, to, to open a gym. And I had just assumed, you know, my friend who I knew him through lives in Wigan. Yeah. And I had just assumed that this guy was either from up north or from yeah. London. I, you know, had no reason to believe he was from down here. And I was like, why on earth are you opening a gym in this town, like of all places? And he was like, because I live here. Yeah, because he's from and I was Bognor, like, oh. he's from Bognor. Yeah. Isn't he? And yeah, which is basically just the next yeah. the next town along from Chichester. So So you living um, in Chichester? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. So I started following him at that point and started, you know, wanted to learn more about the gym. And um, and he had sort of said that, you know, if you come down and have a look at, at the gym, it's not, it's not finished yet, it's not open yet, but we're having a bit of an open day, you know, just come and come and sort of check it out and learn yeah. a bit more about what it's going to be about. The rest was history, to be yeah. honest. It was, um, you know, it was, I was at a point then where I actually thought I was done. Like I'd lost 15 kilos. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, comfortably wearing 34 inch waist jeans. And I was like, I've, I've completed it. Like this is, you know, I lost weight. I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be. I'm at the limit of where I'm a, you know, I'm not going to get in any better shape than this surely. So yeah, cool. Brilliant. I'm done. And then it was just, you know, immediately, everything went to the next level because it would, it became no longer about, Oh, I want to lose five kilos or 10 kilos or X amount of kilos. It became, Oh my God, I really love going yeah. to this gym. I so really you, love training. Do you think it was the, cause it was only a small like membership, wasn't it? There's only, yeah. of, do you think it was a sort of togetherness and everyone coming together and that kind of drove the passion? Do you think if it was more of a open gym normal, you and you got the attention, do you think it wouldn't have been like that? Or do you think you might have still done the same? You know what? It was, it was a combination of absolutely everything about that gym that for me was spot on. Yeah. So it was the community. It was the people that I met through there. Like I made, I made some, I made friends with people at that gym who are still some of my best friends now yeah. without the gym, you know, that it wasn't just, it wasn't just training with people who go to the same gym class as you. It was, it was becoming proper friends with them. And, yeah. and that was, that was massive. You know, uh, Jamie became one of my best mates. Um, I, you know, the, the way that the gym was run, Jason, the guy that, that was managing it really lovely guy became a really good friend of mine down to the, you know, the PTs all became really good friends of mine, the videographer, like, you know, it was just, like just a great bunch of people. So it wasn't the number of people, it was yeah. the actual people themselves. The, you know, the equipment was amazing. The environment was amazing. The design and like the, the sort of the, yeah. the, the atmosphere was amazing. The fact that the music came from uh, an iPod, which was logged into Spotify. So if you were the only person in the gym, you could put on whatever you yeah. wanted and you didn't have to listen to headphones. And quite frequently you would be the only person in the gym. The classes were amazing. You know, the facilities were amazing. There was, you know, even like, like for me, for somebody who was terrified of going to the gym, yeah. the fact that there were private showers, you go into a bathroom and you lock the door and you have a shower in your own comfort and privacy rather than having to be in a room with a bunch yeah. of other dudes like yeah. naked, which, <laughs> naked. you know, for, for me as somebody who was, you know, terminally self-conscious about yeah. my body was, you know, it's bad enough going to the gym and being in the same gym as these people. The, like the idea of, of also having to get like totally naked in front of them yeah. is, is next level. So, 
you know the idea that that gyms you know have the, like have facilities like that is is yeah, you know st- still kind of blows my mind a little bit but so it was just everything about it, it was the fact that you could sit and have a coffee with your friends afterwards and and, yeah. and you know and get to know people I, I and think I, i've been down, i think i went to Fit twice and i went mm-hmm. i've been to chichester three times one first time was for the interview for grenade fit which i didn't get okay um oh, that would have been amazing was, yeah, I had the interview and it was it was good. And I, I can't fault Jamie for for the selections he made after that because the PTs he took on were the, the highest quality. So I can't grumble about finishing second to them for an interview. Um, but yeah, the second time I went down was um, for what was the second time? I think it was for a, it was a, like a photo shoot day with Alex Whiteman, but he was teaching us how to do photo shoots. Oh so yeah, kind of, I remember it that. Was, it was past. I was kind of going through a stage of where I didn't want to train for competitions and shows and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I quit being a PT and I wanted to be more of a videographer, photography mm-hmm. type of person. So I was kind of going on a tangent. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, I think that might have actually been the only time I've been there. Um, but I had a little, little session with um, Jason after that. And, yeah. and I totally know what you, the vibe of the place was just amazing. Yeah. Um, and like, if that was my local gym, I would, I would have loved it, but yeah. But it felt like home. I think that's, yeah. and it was, and it was amazing. Like, like, and, and I mean, uh, you know, Jamie did seminar where well, everyone did seminars, but like, you know, they, they, there was this emphasis on education and actually learning about training and learning about nutrition and stuff. And it yeah. was just, I just loved everything about it. I just, I spent, you know, I spent a really embarrassing amount of time in that gym because I was it's very like happy there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a real second home. Like you knew when you went to the gym, that whoever was in there was going to be someone who you wanted to have a chat with. Yeah. And that was what was really great about, about it. Um, and there were social events and, you know, like it, you know, it, it was just, it was just awesome. Yeah. So that, that obviously sparked your passion for fitness. So what were your yeah. thoughts then? Did you, did you think this, you know, there's something I want to go into now and help other people? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of like, like I, it was a bit of a rude awakening for me when I went through the whole process of learning about things like fitness and nutrition, because it made me realize how little I had known in the first place. And even the fact that, you know, despite being a doctor and going to medical school and, and having all of this scientific knowledge that I had really fallen for a lot of really terrible information and for, yeah. for things that just weren't true. And I thought to myself, like, you know, if I'm, if I, as this supposedly really highly educated person is able to, you know, to be, to be fooled by all this nonsense, then like, how can we possibly expect like the whole public as a whole to know what's going on and to know how to look after their health? And I just kind of thought, well, you know, I've, I've, I've realized the, you know, what was wrong with what I was doing. I sort of owe it to people to try and you know, to maybe try and help them realize it as well, like in a hopefully yeah. non-irritating way. Yeah, um, I think but, that's what we just... need. We need more of people <clears throat> that just. That's, I I kind of try to approach it as I'll. I'll yeah. The, the the no bullshit. It's like telling people how it is and keeping it simple. Like I keep things so basically simple for people because yeah. there's people that don't even know what protein is, and then there's other yeah. coaches pushing things that are so complex that I can't even understand, and it's like they get so yeah exactly. Yeah, so there's this big focus on the, you know, on the minutiae sometimes, and it's sometimes it's hard to see the wood for the trees. And that's why, you know, that's always been the the background of my career in medicine, like I'm a GP. So the whole, the whole point of my career is that I am, I am kind of helping people with their everyday health, but also trying to diagnose complex conditions and stuff. So there's, there's always got to be this balance between you know, still being able to see the wood for the trees and also noticing that, you know, yeah, you know, what is it like zebras, zebras and horses? Like you, it's not always zebras. Like you, this is a really terrible <laughs> phrase because actually I don't know what the phrase is, but it's something like, you know, sometimes a zebra is a zebra. No, it's not, that's not what it is, but it's like, you're talking yeah, about actually zebras aren't that usual, aren't that unusual. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They're not that usual. They're not that common. So if you see a horse, don't assume it's a zebra. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get you. <laughs> I'll look it totally up get you. next totally time. I'll look it up. Yeah, message me later. So, um, how? What? Um, I was going to say. Totally forgot. Lost track. Uh, fitness unfiltered. So, how did that come about? 
<laughs> so fitness unfiltered. So as part of my um, as part of my plan to kind of become a bit more educated about all of yeah. this stuff, I went and did a um, a mentorship uh, with Martin McDonald. So this was before you, you'll have heard of MNU, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is before MNU existed. They used to do mentorship. So like you'd go for a weekend and learn like the basics of nutrition. So I went up for one of these weekends um, and, and learned these, the basics of nutrition there. But um, Dan Osman from Fitness Unfiltered was yeah. at the same weekend that I was at. So, you know, we spent two days like learning about this stuff and, and um, kept in touch afterwards and, and just, you know, just, you know, through social media, kept in touch for quite a while. And then Dan, Dan messaged me and was like, oh, do you know what? I've been thinking of doing a podcast, but I, I want to do a podcast like as a, you know, I want to do it with someone else. I don't really want to do it like as a kind of just me on my own. I want to have yeah. a, you know, a, a sort of a co-host for it. You want to bounce off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, um, mate, like, I think that's a really great idea. Like, you know, I, I, I've listened to a couple of podcasts and, Really, I think it does work a lot better when it's two people, you know, so, so you know, good one. Like, you know, now you've just got to, to figure out who you're going to do it with because that's yeah. going to be key. And he was like, he goes, I'm not sure if you're, I'm not sure if you're trolling me. Like, are you, you're not getting the hint, clearly. And I was like, what hint? And he, and he just said, well, I was, I was kind of hoping that maybe you, that you might want to do it. Or I was thinking, I was thinking of you as the, as the co-host. And I just laughed, like I sent back like the laughing crying emoji and was like, that's ridiculous. And he was, <laughs> and I thought he was joking. Like, and, and he was like, oh, it, he's like, I'm not sure whether to be offended. Like, do you not want to do it then? And I was like, no, I just, I, I, are you actually serious? He was like, yeah, I'm serious. And I was like, but what? And like, my exact response yeah. was, but why? Like, what have I got to say like, for a fitness podcast? Yeah. And he was like, well, firstly, you know, you've been through a, a, a fitness journey, you've done all this stuff and you've, you've, um, you've learned about fitness and stuff as well. So you've got the personal experience and also you're a healthcare professional as well. So you've got that kind of health side of, of things of the knowledge yeah. to bring to it too. And I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, you know, maybe this, that, yeah, that could be fun. And I was like, I sort of felt a bit bad for Dan because I was just like, oh, I, I don't want this podcast to be rubbish i'm not really sure how yeah. good i'd be at it like a podcast was something i'd never considered i didn't i hated my voice yeah. um my voice was the thing i hated the most about myself so it was kind of like i definitely would like the podcast was the last thing i thought i would ever do um but i started to think about it and i was like okay well do you know what let's maybe we just give it a go and see what happens and so we were like right we need to decide on a name and we just stalled at deciding on this name. And we kept like, we're like, right, let's, let's, let's decide on a name by Thursday. Let's decide, you know, we would, yeah. we just kept putting these ideas in. And we just couldn't think of a name. And then, um, and then I did, Emma Story Gordon asked me to do an Instagram live with her. Like she was just doing Instagram lives with, with she just went through a thing where she was just doing loads yeah. of Instagram lives with loads of different people. And she, she suggested we did one. And she was chatting to Dan about it and saying, oh, I'm doing an, an Instagram live with Mike. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Mike. And Emma was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, do you fancy a, a third member? <laughs> and, um, and so Dan messaged me and was like, Emma suggested like being on the podcast. What do you reckon? And it was just like, the, it just suddenly clicked. Yeah. Like it was suddenly like, this would be, really yeah, cool yeah. like you know I mean both of us had like massive respect for Emma as a you know as a coach and and as a as like a a, a knower of science like she's yeah. amazing at kind of reading papers and stuff like that and um so the two of us were just immediately like hell yes and then you know I think we were both even more fired up for it and then so we were just like let's just like do it let's yeah. get on a phone call and just record our phone call and that will be our first podcast and yeah. that's what we did. I think it's funny the way when you said you don't like the sound of your voice, because it's like, I don't like the sound of my voice. We spoke about this just before we, we came on. But I find there's certain voices that I can listen to more than others. And you're kind of attract, attracted to voices. And the combination of yourself, Dan and Emma chatting on a podcast is quite, it's kind of a soothe. It's an easy listen, if you know what I mean. You take So you should never like hate your voice because I think... 
Some, some people have got accents where it's, you listen to them and think, I can't listen to this podcast because I don't like the way they talk. But yours is kind of free-flowing and the way you connect together and chat, it's, it's kind of soothing. If, if that sounds oh, weird. That's really, weird. that's lovely. No, it doesn't sound weird at all. But I'd say the same about your voice. Like you've got, you've got a great podcasting voice. Like you, you, know, you would be the kind of voice that you would hear on the radio. You, yeah. you speak clearly, you like enunciate your words yeah, and you think- speak... See, I don't speak like that normally. When, as soon as I'm on camera or on microphone, my voice changes. It's like a telephone voice. But when I'm talking, <laughs> I sound like a proper northerner when I'm talking normally. But as soon as you I'm, do sound like a northerner when you're speaking now, to be I really, fair. Like, sometimes I overpronounce things. <laughs> okay. So. But you say, like you sound good. You, you should, but this is the thing. Is like, like, and like we were saying before we started recording, like, in reality, the reason we don't like our own voices, like nobody really likes their own voice because it sounds unfamiliar to them. So like, I guarantee you, by the time you've recorded a few podcasts and listened to them, you'll no longer have a problem with your voice because I, you'll I, just get yeah, used to I think, it. I think I'm kind of, I, I don't listen back anyway. I literally upload it and then I never listen to them ever again. Like I, you I should try, listen to it. I try not to watch my vlogs either that I did when I did a vlogs a few years ago. Um, you should do it force yourself to because that will be how like that's the reason you don't like it is because it's unfamiliar i guarantee you it's not because there's anything wrong with it it's because you're not familiar to hearing your voice the way it sounds when when you when you're hearing it back yeah so you need if you once you familiarize yourself with it you'll feel you'll feel a lot more at ease with it i think yeah so how did you get over your because you didn't like you didn't like to be on camera either did you no i mean i like i i don't it's not like I, I didn't mind being on camera, but I didn't like my voice. So I remember like even, you know, before I, I wouldn't mind having a, like posting a video of something, you know, like if someone was videoing something, I would just stop speaking. Yeah. So I didn't mind being on video. Like I didn't mind the visual side of it. I just didn't really like my voice. Yeah. Cause I think I remember talking to you, this might be gone by quite a while. You used to do, did you used to do, you used to go to evenings and get up and speak about things and that helped you? Because you, yeah. you suggested I do it and I didn't do it. Yeah. What I did do was I just started vlogging because my wife yeah. used to vlog a lot and it was very similar to, she used to be chatting a lot and then she used to point the camera at me and I kind of used to just be like, yeah. And that was, it, weird, that was it. it. Um, but then I just started doing my own vlogs. Yeah. We were so, in, so like, for me it was like public speaking was a real thing like because it because then i i was by this time i was okay with um you know i'm okay with podcasting i'm okay with speaking to insta stories i'm okay with doing like an instagram live or anything like that but i still felt really nervous when i had to stand up in front of a crowd of people and speak um and this is again another testament to the the amazingness of that gym is that that jamie um, cause the reason that I had realized how terrified I was of public speaking was because I'd gone to one of the body power trade shows and, um, there was a round table happening and Jamie was on the round table, um, with a, with sort of several other PTs and, and nutritionists and stuff. And someone put their hand up from the audience in, in this Q and A. And it was really ironic actually, cause Emma Story Gordon was also on this panel. This was like like years, be- not years before, but like maybe a year, yeah. yeah, at least a year before the Fitness Unfiltered thing happened. It was actually the first time I'd met Emma. And um, she was on this panel and uh, she had been double booked. So she'd had to leave right. um, halfway through the Q&A. So there was this free seat in the Q&A. And somebody put their hand up and said, like, how do you deal with when... Um, you've got a client who's been given really terrible nutritional advice by their GP and they trust their GP more than they trust you. So they're listening to their GP. What do you do about that? And I saw immediately as this question got asked, I saw Jamie look at me (laughs) and I was just like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so a couple of the other people like, like offered a bit of an answer to this question. And then Jamie grabbed the microphone and, and just goes, I think Mike should come up here and answer this question because he probably knows the answer better than anyone else on this panel. And I was like, okay, great. So not only do I now have to get up and speak in front of these people, I have to walk through a crowd to do it without tripping yeah. over. I have to walk up the stairs onto the stage without tripping over, sit down without tripping over and then say an answer. And he's just set me up as yeah. though I'm really knowledgeable about this. So I've got to give a good answer as well. 
And like when you think about it, like it, that's like asking you what your favorite color is. Of course I can answer that question because it's my job. And I've also been through the fact that GPs don't know very much about nutrition as well. So I can go up and answer that question, but I was so nervous, so nervous that I remember literally resting the microphone on my top lip because I felt like my, ha my hand was shaking so much. Yeah. And I didn't want people to be able to see it. And I can barely even remember what my answer was because it just felt like this out of body experience. Yeah. And I, and after I'd done it and come off the stage, I felt like this kind of, you know, I was so euphoric that it had happened because yeah. I felt like that's what I want to do. Yeah. But also it was so terrifying at the same time. And I was like, how can I be so scared of something so simple? Like this yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, do you think it's the and, how people you think people might perceive you? That's why people. I think that's why I have fears. Like, if I think like someone asks me something, oh, I, I'm talking about something and I can't give an answer or I mess up, then are people going to think, oh, he doesn't have a clue what he's yeah, talking? Yeah, it's the fear. It's just the fear of it's the fear of failure. I think, and it's yeah. the fear of it's the fact that it was something that I hadn't done before and I wasn't yeah. experienced with, and I want to be able to, you know, I want to be good at it. So. Um, you know, I, I remember talking to Jamie about this afterwards and he then signed me up to a public speaking course, essentially. So this 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 thing called Toastmasters, which is what I was yeah. talking to you about, yeah. where you join this club and you go and you go and basically give talks um, and some of them are prepared. So you you in advance will book a slot and you on that day you'll be giving a talk on something of your choice yeah. and they'll rate you on it and give you feedback. Um, and there will be there are other sections of the evening where it's spontaneous. So everyone could just get picked at random. Yeah. So they'll go, right. So, so someone will go up and, and be speaking about something and they'll be like, so I was thinking a bit about, you know, a, a holiday that I went on. Mike, why don't you come up and tell us about the, the best holiday you've ever been on? And you literally just have to make up a speech on the spot. Yeah. Um, and that was incredible, but it actually, and it became enjoyable. I started to, I started to, you know, you'd be, you'd go from when you first started you'd be like don't pick me don't pick me don't pick to pick me and then it would become like oh pick me like yeah. i want to do this this is fun um and that made a massive difference and and made me feel a lot more comfortable but again what really made the difference was actually agreeing to do talks and yeah. going and doing them and you know and you know i've had situations as well where like the worst case scenario has happened. Like I, I had a, um, I did a, an intro talk for Jamie that like he actually in hindsight was okay. But at the time when I was doing it, I felt like it was totally bombing. Like, you know, when you feel like you're saying something that you thought was really funny and not a single person is laughing in the room. Bad wedding it was too. like, yeah. And it was, and, and that's how it felt at the time I was doing yeah. it. And it was a bit like, oh my God, this is my worst case scenario. This is what I've been scared about all this time yeah. is standing up here in front of all these people and them just not, not, not getting what I'm saying and thinking and that I'm an idiot. And that's, and I don't think that was even happening, but that's what I thought was happening in my head. Yeah. And that's quite liberating in itself because once you've had your worst case scenario, and it just finished and you were still alive at the end of it and nothing went wrong you can go okay well it doesn't matter like if that happens again it's already happened before so and it you know i was all right yeah just get you just have to get over it don't you and just yeah exactly so um going back to obviously your <clears throat> so your first ever tweet was about cake so a lot of your posts now are about cakes and ice creams and halo tops uh, all healthy snacks um yeah how did the the seven the seven rating come about then was well, so the seven rating system was um that came to me through some friends of mine so um amy and ali who had been using it for a little while themselves and i was like why do you you know why are you rating everything out of seven and, and they were like well this is why and it's just the idea that if you if you rate things out of 10, it's an even number. So you can give something 50%, which means you you never fully have to commit to whether something is good or bad. So if someone wants to know how good something is, you know, the basics of that is knowing whether it's good or bad, right? So, you know, where so you need an odd number so that you can't sit on the fence. 
So then you go to the five star rating system, which is again, a commonly used rating system, but it's just not quite enough, is it? There's not enough to delineate between different levels of good. So, you know, nine is too close to 10, 11 is too close to 10, 13 is way too many. So seven is just perfect because if you think of, of the seven, like, you know, seven is like really outstanding, excellent full marks. Six is excellent. Five is very good. Four is good. Three is bad. Two is very bad. One is extremely bad. And zero is horrific. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just the perfect level. So when you perfect number of delineations, when you give someone a five out of seven, like, like say a strawberry carb killer and people then say they're going to boycott it. Is that a good thing? Yeah. No, because that's that's the problem is with people are like if if it's not they're like, oh it's only five out of seven. Yeah. Like, well five out of seven is very good. You need to know the 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 scale. Do you think you might um, have to create some money there? I don't think so. I think no, I think they, they can they, I think they taste it and I think they'll be all right. So is it, is I there... mean the thing is that that strawberry carb killer is really good, to be fair. Um but I like I'm not a massive white chocolate fan, so I'm always going to want to go for something that is, you know, proper chocolate rather than white chocolate. Have you given any sevens for carb killers? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I have. The, I think the new the new caramel sort of caramel and the salted pe- caramel got a seven. But I think the, the problem peanut is, peanut say peanut the peanut one. The peanut yeah, one. I, I can't remember actually what I gave that. But the 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 problem is that the that my viewpoint changes. I think carb killers are quite variable in their consistency and their quality. Mm-hmm. Because I, I remember trying the dark chocolate raspberry carb killer for the first time and thinking that it was the best protein yeah. bar I've ever had. It was absolutely unbelievable. And now I wouldn't buy one because I've had the ones that I've had since then haven't actually been that great. You know, I don't know if it's just my taste has changed or what. Maybe. But. I don't know because I th- I was kind of thinking similar. Once that came out, because I was always, uh, I loved the chocolate mint and then I'd had, yeah. I had too many and then we got the raspberry ones and my wife buys quite a lot of carb killers but I don't buy any. So then she has to give me them some kind of like an orphan with carb killers, like can I have another one? And she, she always gives me the raspberry one, but the last time I had one, the raspberry one didn't, it wasn't quite the same as it was before. So I don't know whether no. I just got used to it or I've had too many or. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I got, a, I got a load of chocolate mint ones recently. And I remember in the past, I always thought they tasted like the old mint drifters, but mm. then this time it felt like the mint just seemed different to me. It's weird, isn't it? Like, but I, again, I think that it's it's how you remember it. It's how it, you know, it's how it is transported. It's whether it's melted along the way and and reformed, and you know, they just always they can taste slightly different. I think from time yeah, to time. Definitely. But I think it tastes different when I'm on prep for a show. I'm retired now, so when I'm on prep for a show, anything tastes nice. It's like if it's got yeah. a bit of chocolate in, it could be calendar chocolate, and it's yeah. the best chocolate ever. But then coming off prep, now I can have normal chocolate. Sort of the, the healthier yeah. things don't quite taste the same. So we got it changes everything, doesn't it? We got the um, a couple of weeks ago. We got the Netflix and Chill Ben and Jerry's. Oh yeah, that's now my favourite Ben and Jerry's. But then I haven't I accidentally tried it. bought the what's the new one? The other one. It's like a popcorn one, but it's a low calorie one. Oh yeah, I had that the other day, and it was a bit. It wasn't. It's not good. It's not good to be fair, but but I have to say, I think it's not. Um, it's one of the least good of the Mufourias, the the low calorie ones. The the chocolate chip cookie dough is is I think sensational, and the salted caramel brownie also sensational. But I don't the, have the any low time. Low calorie for, versions. Yeah, I don't have any time for the um, the caramel cookie fix or the popcorn one. Even the cherry Garcia, because the like full fat cherry Garcia is really lovely. But they do a Mufouria version, and I just remember it. It was like it just had too many cherries in it. It was just like. Yeah. all of these cherries my my favorite was the bohemian raspberry i think they did away with it years ago but it was oh yeah it was like raspberry swirls in vanilla ice cream and uh brownie chunks and that was my favorite and they got rid of them. oh yeah i remember that that was the best one yeah, that was good see they my were, favorite has always been half baked yeah That's so an I, exceptional I, a, and fish oh, food yeah fish food i think but I, i'm quite the new netflix and chill is um, it's like peanut butter with um, crumpled up. What are them crisps called? The crisps. Pringles. No, um, 
pretzels. It's like got crushed up pretzel inside. Oh, okay. Kind of crunchy. There's pizza. one that they do one with crisps in it now, don't they? Oh, I don't know. I've not seen that. I think it might be it, that might be in America, but it's it's got like um like chocolate covered crisps or something in it. Sure. Well, Sounds amazing. The best stuff. I know. So what's next for you then? What's how is sort of COVID affecting you, and what what plans have you got for the future in fitness? So fortunately, COVID hasn't really affected my well. Isn't well, it's obviously affected my work. It's not affected yeah. like the fact that I still have a job and things. Yeah. So um, it has obviously had a massive impact on my work and how I work. But um, yeah, that's been that's been an interesting challenge. Um, I've been training at home using a Skype. A, well, he's not a Skype PT. He's an actual PT, but I'm training with him over Skype. Yeah. Um, it's the same coach I was using at, 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 at the gym beforehand. So um, and that sort of seems to be going really well actually like i've been really enjoying training and it's that's been really fun um and i've got involved like the the, because i've I've, that's not something i've not gone into like the the online coach as in okay how do you how do you do that well i think so it works because we've because he was my coach before so we've done a lot of work on the movements and stuff so he knows how i move and he knows what movements i know how to do and he knows how to direct me to do stuff so basically have my laptop in the corner of the room um, and it's his face. Yeah. And I've got a yoga mat, a 20 kilo kettlebell and a bunch of resistance bands. And he's just basically, he just gives me workouts. You know, he's like now do. Yeah. So do you think that would be more difficult if maybe he'd never met you? Like, do you think it would be harder for the per- to train? Yeah. To coach someone like that? Or do you think it could be a doubt? I, mean, I, th- I think it depends what type of coach you are and what type of um, client you are. So like, if you're somebody who's completely naive to training, yeah. It's going to be hard to learn how to like, for example, do a squat unless you've got yeah. really clear like verbal directions. But, and I think some people are better at it than others, but he's been very good at sort of, you know, like we have, I've learned new movements since we've been doing it. So like, for example, we do, we mostly do group coaching, but for the first few sessions, we did it one-on-one because you know, that sort of, that sort of him teaching me the movements so you know like learning how to do um certain types of core exercise and stuff like obviously the position that you get yourself into is super important so yeah you know like he he, he's just very good at explaining it and i guess actually you know as long as they can see you and they've got a good angle yeah it's okay to do that i think because you know yes in real life they will get their hands on you and say like you know move your arm this way a little bit but actually that's just because it's easier to you can still can do it you can still say you know move your knees so that you're you know they're at right yeah. angles move your, you know move your elbow a bit to the this way or whatever so it is i mean it's worked it has definitely worked really well but i think that is that's because i'm hopefully he won't hear me say this but it's because i'm lucky enough to have a coach who's really yeah. good at sort yeah. of, you know i think he needs to be teaching good. movements yeah yeah and that's why i think like i think covid has really like I remember when it started, I was like, this is really going to sort the men from the boys in, in terms of, um, in terms of coaches that actually know how to coach people yeah. and coaches that just, you know, I'm sure there will be some coaches out there who would, you know, who are just counting reps really. And just, you know, yeah. just giving people generic programs. Um, and this is what's, what's really going to change things is, is, you know, being able to work with a coach who actually can well, coach you over Skype. I think they they say they think this COVID has advanced online coaching by about ten years. We've Definitely. been so far behind in about ten years, but um, like I'm finding it challenging and evolving and adapting. But, but yeah. I'm it. so um, so what, what's the future fitness wise? As in, have you got things planned for like body power? Are you are you stepping up to do more speeches and chats? And is is, the, is there a body power schedule late for the year, or is it now next year again? I think the current plan is for body power to go ahead in October, but I think whether, you know, I think that's very much up in the air. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if things got delayed, but who, you know, who knows what's, what's going to happen at the moment. So at the moment um, I am scheduled to, to speak at, at body power um, and also fit X as well, fit expo, um, which is um a guy that's sort of set it up in conjunction with, you know, Strom, the supplement people. Yep. So it's basically a, a, a fitness expo with a, a like a bodybuilding competition incorporated to okay. it as well. 
um and that's looking like it's going to be a really really good event as well so that's going to be in liverpool okay um, and i'm i'm booked to be speaking at that too um also the british society of lifestyle medicine annual conference i'm doing a bit of a talk at too which is unfortunately well not unfortunately but it's going to be virtual rather than face-to-face um which should be interesting and um and yeah doing some bits of um is there anything more planned for the because you you obviously did the fitness and filter podcast weekend yeah is that a big success I would say it was a big success. Yeah. I mean, we, we raised the final figure was 27,000 something for, um, for UNICEF. So it was, it was an incredible, an incredible outcome. So it was like a, like a virtual conference and, you know, we were so lucky to, to be able to get such incredible speakers at that conference. And, you know, it was a, it was, it was great. So um did you yeah, ever envision your success. podcast being that big or going to that sort of level raising that sort of money um no we never envisaged that we always wanted to do a conference it, that's always been in our plan since like since we set up the, the podcast we always wanted to do a live event and we had said this year we would do a live event and we had been looking for venues and we had been sort of trying to figure out how to do it and then this happened and we were like, this is the perfect opportunity to just do it. And people will be at home and they will be able to attend and the speakers will be at home and they will be able to speak. So yeah. it's kind of, we're, we're the most likely to be able to get people to speak and we're most likely to be able to get people to listen. Yeah. So let's just go for it and it will give us something, you know, fun to do and something positive to look forward to. And, a, you know, it's a positive thing to raise money for, an amazing cause as well so yeah it was a it was a really great thing to do fantastic well i won't keep up too much of your time because i know you've had a a, a busy day off as you put it at the beginning so i'd just like to thank you for coming on tonight <laughs> oh thanks for having me i really really appreciate it it's, uh, I, it's a, I appreciate it i know you're very busy so thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me it was awesome and uh, yeah good luck with the podcast i will be i will be an avid listener thank you thank you very much right i'll speak to you all again soon Bye.